Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of Upon Further Review. Does that sound like Ron Chapman? Uh, no, it doesn't. No. Is that Judge Ron Chapman or DJ Ron Chapman? DJ Ron Chapman. Is there, a, is there another Ron Chapman? Uh, the J- Judge Ron Chapman. Nah, he doesn't, he doesn't count. Okay. Uh, I'm Barry Horn. That was Kevin Sherrington. Evan Grant is in Monte Carlo, I believe. Is that where you are, Evan? <laughs> Playing blackjack? Uh, no, I am not playing blackjack. I am de- I am delaying my arrival onto Rosemary Beach proper uh, in Florida uh, for a few minutes to spend with you fellas. Okay, well then it's a public service we're doing for the people of, of Rosemary Beach, keeping you off the beach. <laughs> hey, we're going to start this a little differently. Keep your shirt on, Evan. We'll start this a little different today, Kevin. Uh, Want to tell, tell, tell the loyal audience how we're going to start? We're not starting with the Rangers today, are we? We are not starting with the Rangers. We are starting with the Dallas Cowboys. This is a big day for the Cowboys. Des Bryant, the signing deadline, 3 o'clock Central Time. Wednesday. Let's tell everybody Wednesday. Wednesday. That's correct. And at this moment, we do not know whether the Cowboys have worked out a long-term deal with Des. Uh, and, of course, there are lots of threats going back and forth here, at least more, I guess, more threats from Des' side, no threats from the Cowboys side. Des Day, D-Day in Dallas. D-Day in Dallas. Uh, we, do have a, we do have a development uh, from the NFLPA, which says it has informed both the Cowboys and Broncos that uh, they, will, they want them to, to uh, uh, produce all of their communications between the two franchises to see if there is a possible collusion here. Uh, because of a conversation between Dez and Stephen Jones that that uh, allegedly Stephen happened, is, Stephen is going to deny ever happened. And yes, he will, and that and that'll be the end of that. What's the feeling in uh, at Rosemary Beach, Evan? How, are there a lot of people concerned? A lot of people. There are a lot of people very concerned at this moment. I'm hearing that there is a possibility that Doc Rivers is in Des Bryant's house. <laughs> but here's here's the thing: the Cowboys are sitting Chandler Parsons. You think that'll work? Yeah. Uh, how about Doc Rivers' daughter? Is, yeah. is, is that the key to this deal? Let's don't be bringing people's daughters into this, okay? It's the father of two you are, aren't yes, you? Yes, that's yeah. right. And then you I suppose we'll get into DeAndre Jordan talk a little bit later, but I'm just going to say this right out loud. Some of the stuff that went on in that thing, and I'm not talking about the contract negotiations. I'm talking about the recruitment is pretty, pretty disgusting. Pretty tech, pretty textbook on how not to recruit or how you shouldn't recruit. Or if a college recruiter did that with a, with a with a prospect, I think the NCAA would be all over him. I think they'd be getting the death penalty. The death penalty. Wow, that might not. I, if you're in the SEC, no, you wouldn't get that. Only if you were a oh, small private school in, in Dallas, a major metropolitan area in Highland uh, Highland University Park, Highland Park, Park yes. Cities, whatever. Correct. Well, Kevin, what do you think? What 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 is going to happen today with Des? Yes, with that. All right, I, I do think that uh, I do think the Cowboys are trying to get something worked out uh, in, in a contract. Uh, even though you dismiss this thing from the NFLPA, if they have to produce records, I don't doubt that the these two organizations would very much like to put a lid on the uh, free agent market at wide receiver. Uh, so I, I think they will try to get something worked out. Uh, but here's the thing. I don't think they have to get a long-term deal worked out with this. I think no. if, if they were to sign a one-year deal with him, which they can do even after this deadline correct, passes, correct. in which they say, we'll give you, okay, we'll give you $15 million and we won't put the tag on you next year. And that, I think that's what Des wants. He doesn't want them to put the tag on him two years in a row and possibly even three years in a row. Yeah, and, and here's the deal. How could the Cowboys possibly go into the season without DeMarco Murray, without, without Des Bryant, 
Without Rolando McLean and uh, Greg Hardy, who's never played with the team, but if, but if, if they go to start the season, they start two games, back-to-back uh, division games against the Giants and the Eagles. Um, I think Des has them in a place, but I, I, I don't. Th- I think they're they're going to tag them, and th- they're going to take their chances tagging them. I think they will too, and I, and I do think that's taking a risk. I, I do. Th- I thought all along that Des will play. He won't sit out a game. But but here's the deal: Can you really take that for granted? Kevin, Can you he, afford to do he, that? He, he put it on his children. That uh, he he put something on his babies. I'm not saying that was his children. And then when he said, <laughs> "I won't his be babies, there." Come on. Uh, listen, what, are you, what are you talking about? I take I take I take athletes very literally when they say these things because they always work their way around them. Uh, but but here's the thing: uh, can you can the Cowboys afford to take that risk? What if it, what if they do go into the season and and Des somehow some way does sit out one or two games and they lose those one or two games? Can the Cowboys afford to, to sit back and, and say we didn't sign we didn't sign Demarco Murray and we didn't do anything to get uh, Des Bryant signed either? And then that may have cost us one or two games. And what if, in the end, that costs you, you know, a Super Bowl? I, I, okay, so let me ask a question. Let me ask a question. Then. Yes. What if, what if, what if, all that happens, what's the fallout? They're going to fire the general manager? They're Are not going to go back into that conversation? No. No, but, you know, he's, he's had this era of good feelings now off, off of a whole, a whole season that was completely unexpected, right? And you've built up all this goodwill off of that, and you and you and of course this, here's the thing: I don't want to look like here I'm criticizing Jerry too much because look for for all along he's he's been throwing he throws money at all the stars he's had he, every every uh, star name he had he's throwing money at including Daryl Johnston his fullback so we criticized him for that and so finally here he is doing the probably doing the right thing taking well, a hard is, line. He, is he doing it or is it Stephen or doing Stephen doing it? It? Okay. I, I believe Stephen okay. is behind all this yes I do and so they're they're doing the right thing with this uh, and and. And they're trying to see what the market's going to be set, and maybe something gets done earlier in the day with Demarius Thomas. The, 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 then we see what the what that level is going to be, and maybe they they can get something done off of that. Here's the other question on this whole thing, and, and I understand that the NFLPA would would try and, and bring up some idea of collusion, but when was the last time the NFLPA really won anything? They, the they, cer- they certainly didn't win anything in the last collective bargaining uh, agreement with the NFL. They, you know, the owners probably laughing all the way to the bank. Exactly. I I, I just don't understand. I I think that of, of the I, everything comes in second after the MLBPA, but I just don't. I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the NFLPA to get something accomplished for one of its for one or two of its players. Do you, do you, I, I thought about this this morning on the drive-in um, while Evan was uh, having a room service breakfast. I'm sure. And no, we we rode our bikes down to the donut truck. Uh, <laughs> you rode your bikes to the donut shop. What'd you have? What tell us? Tell us how many? How many? And what? Go, Evan. I had I had one half of one caramel apple donut. Who believes that? Everybody who believes that, raise your hand. There's nobody in this room raising their hand. You, you weren't That's even able. To... I can, I, you know what? I'm not a donut guy. I'm not really. We, we, I went croissant. Down there all right, croissant. Did you have a croissant? I had a croissant in New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a beignet, Evan. Come yeah. on. No, I had a croissant and a beignet. Had a beignet. Sorry. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for the con- true confessions. All right. Now let's. Uh, well, let me ask you this. I, I, I thought of this. Are, are the Cowboys not willing to sign Des for so much money because they want to save some money for Greg Hardy next year if he has a a, a, a big year this year? Would they I, want him back? I, I don't. I don't know that. Well, there's a possibility if everything goes well with him. But I, I don't think that. Uh, to me, it's any guy in particular. I think they're just trying to manage their cap better. Uh, and and you know, there's still questions about Des's life off the field let me ask you this quick question and, and then evan we c- we'll move on to something that you, you possibly know more about basketball um 
Kevin, if 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 Hardy has a a great year, Dez has a great year. Who would be more vital? Who would be more important for the Cowboys to sign for the following season for the twenty sixteen season? Oh, I think they got to sign Dez over Hardy. Yeah, because oh, over 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 a record. Wrecking, wrecking machine on defense. I don't know that he's a wrecking machine. If he, he's, if he does, if he, if he has a great year. I, look, here's the thing. This is one of the reasons. And, why. and well, if you've got questions about Dez off the field, how are you not going to have the same questions about Greg? I, I, absolutely. He, and and we what's don't. What's he going to do this year that's going to erase those questions? I, and I, I agree with that. And I and I think with at least with Dez, you've you've built up a, a, a legacy here with him, and and he's been a very good player and a very productive player. We don't know anything about Greg Hardy at this point. And so I, I, I don't see how you can possibly uh, – to me, Des Bryant is still the best player on this team. Uh, and quite frankly, for all the concerns that we've had about Des off the field, to me it seems like there hasn't been anything that's been really worthy of, uh, of focus. I mean, there, there hasn't been a real significant incident with Des, with Des Bryant off the field. There's been the concerns and there's – well, okay. Uh, yeah, years ago. That's, that, that was a, another lifetime, Kevin. Ah, another lifetime. Yeah, there we go. Was he even a pro at that point in time, or was that still at Oklahoma State? No, he was He here. was here. That was here. He in, was here. That was in Dallas, Texas, in DeSoto, Texas. But okay. um, let's, let's, let's go. Let's move. We, there's so much to talk about. We, we're not going to even get into the All-Star game, probably. There's so much to talk about. Let's talk about the Mavericks' latest signing. Because it happened. We know what it happened. D-Will is, is a Maverick. Darren Williams. Uh, from the colony, he, he signed Tuesday night. He signed four years too late. Four years too late. So four years from now, if the Mavericks sign DeAndre Jordan, will, will that be okay? He'll he'll still be thirty, uh, thirty one. Yeah. Thir- yeah. Point, yeah. Uh, you know, here, here's the thing. Uh, that, that, that to me, this is very much like the Josh Hamilton signing. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, you, you got him for for next to nothing for the caliber player he is. You know, he, he has not had four good years in Brooklyn, and uh, he is he you know, obviously that's why he's he's playing for the Mavericks now. You know, they would not have let him go if they if they were happy with what he had done there. Uh, you know, he, he gives them a, a, a big upgrade at the point guard position, even a, a, not at his peak. He's still better than anything that the Mavericks had. Evan, is this a good thing? So the Mavericks with him will be mediocre again. They're they're not. You know, the, using the D word, they're not dumping, they're not they're not playing for a uh, a lottery pick. Is this good, Evan? The the whole idea of of, of I, I, the idea of tanking and how it's become such an open discussion, whether it's the Mavs or any other NBA team, has has just befuddles me. I I can't understand how teams can actually go into a into a season doing that, and I understand that it may be smart business, but. If this team does not significantly upgrade itself, it again it's playing for what first round a first round matchup against San Antonio or Golden State perhaps, and and not with home with home court advantage. I, I don't I, I don't see where the Mavericks. I, I think when it looked like they had gotten DeAndre Jordan, there you and I had talked about that was a point in time I think when Kevin was on his European vacation that. We discussed the idea that this was a significant upgrade, but it still put them pretty much, you know, in the thick of the hunt in the in, in the uh, Western Conference. What does an upgrade at point guard with no real significant big 
big front court presence do for them. There, there, this is listen. Even before the DeAndre Jordan thing blew up in their faces, I did not feel like DeAndre Jordan was going to make them a significantly better team. They, you know, listen. Tyson Chandler's a pretty good player, uh, and and DeAndre Jordan is probably a better player, a little a little better rebounder, uh, a little better defender, a little more active offensively, just from the alley oop standpoint. Uh, but uh, I I don't think that he was going to make them a a four or a five in, in the West. I think they would have been pretty much what they were before. Now they they're not going to be as good now. You know they they're just not. I don't I don't think this is a, a playoff team any any close. I, I think it's well, a, a good possibility they do finish in that one to seven range in the lottery. In which case they get to keep their pick instead of sending it to Boston. Well, you know, the thing I think the the, the, the game changer on DeAndre Jordan would be that it, it, it's a lot like I look at, at potential Rangers acquisitions this year is he makes you better for this year, but he also gives you long-term ability to, to build around. Um, Absolutely. That was why they had to have him because it's just like Dwight Howard going to Houston uh, instead of Dallas. The reason he went to Houston is because James Harden, their superstar, was what, 25, 26? And, right. and the Mavericks superstar, Dirk Nowitzki, was 35, 36. So, at what point in time does the question start to get raised that for all as, as good and involved as Mark Cuban is, that he doesn't ever seem to be able to land the big one? Well, he, he, he was he, he on landed, the verge of that. He, he landed the big one when he sold uh, Broadcast.com to Yahoo. That was uh, the big one. Uh, he never has to land another one again. He's set. Uh, you know well, what? I, that's the, we're not going to be flying any Broadcast.com banners around AAC. I mean, the, the question still to me is, you know, this is a guy who's got incredible personality, who's got a lot of charisma, who's got a presence on a national network every week, who seems to be willing to go, you know, above and beyond for most of his players. And how come he can't land the big free agents that he wants? I don't. I don't blame that on Mark. I think it's unfair to do that. Look, this this is Dallas, Texas. First of all, most of these players wanted to go to a coast. They wanted to go to the West Coast. They wanted to go to New York to play. And then in, the, in one case, they want they went to South Beach. New but, York. New York is a coast, by the way. It's well, East coast. it is. Yes, you're right. But and, and, and yeah, and, and all those players that have gone to New York, how many championships have they managed to bring up? Nah, but that's not that's not the point. The point is, is that I'm not blaming Mark Cuban for this. I I, I think the fact that he, I think it was two things involved here one it's it's dallas it's not a very glamorous place to to go a and b uh dirk Nowitzki is in his mid-30s that's that you want to be paired up with another superstar that's what they want to see and 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 everybody out there we, we can talk about this for the, for the last four years what he's been unable to do well dirk was already in his 30s by that time i think that was a significant factor in everyone's decision you know because you, if you talk to these players they all go out of their way to say what a great guy mark cuban is and how much they love him and they love the organization even rajan rondo said they don't want to burn bridges <laughs> well they, they, they don't and rajan rondo said you know hey it's a great organization this is the guy that pretty much was shut down here in dallas and even when he left he said it was a great organization so i'm not i'm not trying to make apologies for for mark i just think that you know when you're talking about getting one or two players one of the top two or three free agents every year how many teams get those guys they they, they are the last team evan what are those sounds in the background we're wondering here that was that was a, a rogue wave that came um, a, a, into the. Uh, oh, so you're on the, the coast. You're you're on the coast. Can you sign? Can you sign a player uh, down at Rosemary Beach? If the yes, Rosemary Beach Mavericks, would they be able to sign a player? Actually, this would not be a real good place for a lot of players to go because I think the last week, the day that we got here, I think the Bills' offensive line coach was arrested for uh, 
um, battery. Punch it, punching so, out that kindergartner. Well, that's that. You know, that's not even the worst part of it. The worst part of it is he's threatening the. I, you know, yeah. that's bad. But then threatening, the, if if it's true, threatening the kids that if you tell the police, I'm going to come and kill your family. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, every coach has got to motivate in his own way. That's 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 that's, that's you know, Michael Corleone. The only Corleone that would have done that would have been Sonny Corleone. Michael would never have done that. I'm going to kill your family and your family's family and, and 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 everybody else. But let me ask one question before we move on to to Jordan Spieth talk. Somebody we know is a, sol- a solid uh, Dallasite. He'll be here for years. Uh, let me ask this question. I'll ask you, Evan. Zsa Gabor on the silver screen or Zaza Pachulia? On the hard court. Well, that's a classic uh, Barry Horn question. Well, I, I want to know. Who's who's better? Who, who, who do you like better? There's not a listener out there who even that's remembers like, who Zsa Gabor is. What did you use? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's like saying... It's like saying... Marlena Dietrich or LeBron James? Well, no, 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 no. No, I, wait a minute. A, I, I take a lot yeah, of... Uh, here, here's the deal. Zsa Petulia is so good that they have named a hotel after him in Dallas. Yeah, well, well let me ask, well, I to, Kevin's, Kevin accuses me of living in the, in the past my whole life. I read your column this morning. What was your What was your reference to this morning? Tell us. What year was that from? What? I don't even remember what you're talking about. Oh, I'll have to go dig out your column. You made a reference, a 90s reference in your column. You, 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 did, you did not make a 90s reference. You made a reference <laughs> to my three Dr. sons, my, my three sons, the Waltons. And Father Knows Best. And Father Knows Do Best. Do you watch TV Land? <laughs> Do you watch TV Land? Jordan, Apparently, you watch it nonstop. Me, Jordan Spieth and I, Jordan Spieth would fit perfectly into, into those things, <laughs> and that's a perfect segue. Kevin, tell us about George, Jordan Spieth and the British Open. You know, uh, I, 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 obviously, we all think that, that Jordan has every reason to be in there on Sunday, right? I mean, he's he's got the game for it. He's got he he manages it well. I thought that Bill Nichols had a great uh, piece in the paper last week when he when he talked about the different aspects of Jordan's game. And you know, and you and you see there, he's not a great driver. You know, he's not uh, he, he he's not ranked. He's not like when people want to compare him to Tiger. Tiger was like number one in everything when at his peak. Uh, Jordan doesn't do those those things. The the big comparison, the closest comparison is he's a great putter just like tiger is or was 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 and and he's so mentally tough uh and tiger at his peak was that as well and and i think that that's the difference when he makes when jordan makes a mistake he gathers himself puts himself back together and he doesn't go off the rails and uh i think that's the reason why he's going to be in contention anywhere evan i want to know well this will be good what is the one aspect of your game that is most important in winning a British Open? Well, because... Be, the, being on the course when the wind isn't blowing, that's very that important. That would be good. Well, the green... I, that, that, that is a big part. But, I mean, would, if you were saying, okay, a guy who does this well is a favorite at the British Open, what the, is it? The greens are so huge. Uh, and it, uh, you have to get yourself... Some of these, you, you might have a 100-foot putt. So right. you have to be a great lag putter. You have to be able to to get up there and give yourself a a ten or twelve foot putt for for a birdie. Uh, that that's what you have to do at the British Open, and that's and this is what will play in his favor. He is a great putter, and so uh, the fact that he he manages the course well enough uh, that he can get in and out of trouble a little bit. You have to be good with your irons to obviously get in that position on a green. But that's 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 the big key. I, Evan, Evan, I just want to tell you, I found the uh, the pop culture reference in, in Kevin's column today, The Pope of Greenwich Village. I did bring that up. What a great, that's a classic movie. 1984. It's, yeah. it's a, movies are different from TV shows. They're timeless. Kevin, Kevin is the king of, of 
movie references from like AMC <laughs> or Turner Classic, which is happens to be. I, I look at Turner Classic every Saturday morning, and I go through it, and I tape all the movies, or, or I don't know what the right word is these days, DVR or whatever. TiVo. TiVo. All the movies I want to watch. They're great. I, and I, I, I recommend that. The both of y'all are about, I don't know, a year or two away from us having a podcast in which we discuss Matlock and Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched either one of those, but I would like to say, rest in peace, Andy Griffith. Amen. Amen. All right, let's, let's well, move well, on. Well, let me ask this question real quick. If Jordan Spieth wins the British Open... He is the greatest golfer ever. No. But if he, but if he wins the British Open, what would the build-up to the PGA be? The big gear. We'll be going. We'll be going. We won't be going. No, I, mean, I don't know. We might send more than one person to, to the PGA. How about Where that? Where is the PGA this year? It's in uh, Wisconsin, Whistling Straits, which I believe somebody was telling me yesterday is another Lynx-like course. I think that's correct. So, I, I, I think the buildup would be something. It would be something we haven't seen. And in, in, in golly, I don't know how long it would be. It certainly would be built bigger than the buildup was to um, American Pharaoh and the possibility of a triple oh, crown. Oh, it's, 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 it's much bigger. No one is in the eighty-five years since since the um, four majors are, are constructed as they are now. No one has ever right. won the Grand Slam Grand in Slam. a single year. Right. And you know the thing that makes this also great with Jordan is that you know as we as we know America loves youth, right? So here's this. <laughs> that's why they don't like us. That's why Thank they don't you. like us. So that's why they don't like the references to Pope of Greenwich Village. Uh, much more so than the My Three Sons. Uh, so any at any rate, the, the, this kid's everything you want him to be. You know, he's a great kid. You know, uh, and, and certainly in Texas, we love the fact that he's from Dallas. So so he's here and he's, he's winning. You know, he, he's he's doing this on. He's doing it all the right way. Uh, he's a great story. I, I think that uh, if, if he should do this, it'll obviously be the biggest story. The big, it'll be the sports story of the year. Oh, I, <laughs> of the decade, maybe. The, the sports story of the year, probably. I, I would probably say so. But I, I also want to know, I mean, how is he, is, as well as he's dealt with the pressure to this point, add the British Open to that and all the pressure that's going to be on him on Sunday if he's in the hunt, and how is he going to, uh, deal with the next month or so leading up. Did, 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 you, did you see him last Sunday at the John Deere Classic? He he had ice veins. Uh, he's going against ice Tom water Gil- in his ice, veins. Ice water in his veins. It's going the against John Deere Classic. Oh, look, the- look at you, Evan, Miss Mr. Snob, Mr. Snotty. I've got a John Deere uh, tractor, I think. Uh, l- listen, here's the thing about about him that we have to remember. Uh, I can remember, and I think I've brought this up before, talking to golfers about Tiger Woods when Tiger was very young and very great. And uh, and one of the golfers said off the record, let's see how he does who was the do- Who was the golfer, Ralph Goodall? <laughs> That's Gouldall, not Goodall. Okay, Goodall is some... Donuts you had this morning, or cheese? I yeah, think that's it right. Yeah. Uh, it all comes back to food with me. Yeah, no, they said let's see how he does. Let's see how Tiger does once he has a family. I think that proved to be very prophetic, right? Right. Uh, at this point in his career, when you're as young as as uh, as Jordan is, I think that that this kind of stuff doesn't bother you as much. It's kind of like, does anybody really expect you to win this? You know, the fact that he is doing it, people are, are crazy about. But no one's expecting him to do it. No one's saying, oh, my gosh, if you don't win this, you're, you're a clown. No, you're, you know, when people say he's, he's the favorite, he, he's, he is the favorite, but there are 100 other golfers probably. Or 50 other golfers or 30 other golfers, and they're capable of winning this tournament. Everybody there is not. But let's say there's 30 golfers out there who, who could win it. And, and 
you know, if, if you go head-to-head him against them, I, 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 I take the field. And, and I think Barry brought up a great point. Thank you. What would you it's, say, it's, Evan? It's, I can't hear you. Yes, Barry brought up a great point. It's not, it's not a, a, a very uh, esoteric point or anything, but, I mean, this is, a, this is the major that, that the conditions are going to play, I think, the, the weather conditions, the completely unpredictable weather conditions, are going to play a more significant role than in any other major. And so there's something that's going to be out of his control that he, he simply can't manage or deal with as well. Yeah, with Tiger, when he won the first two, uh, he got he got there, and uh, the, the winds just killed him in his third round. He shot an eighty-one or something. He was on the course for the, for the hour, the hour and a half that that he was on the course. It it, it, it just destroyed him. He was destroyed in, by the winds and the rain. The rain was going sideways. It's crazy. And by the way, I'm rooting for that. It's the best te- best thing on television. Watching the British Open under inclement conditions, better than watching a football well, game. When you're spell. under inclement. Conditions or when the golfers when are. The, I'm always uh, when the golfers are. It's, it's it's great theater. It's great television. I'm praying for rain, sleet, and snow, and maybe maybe locust. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll hold off on the sleet or snow, Barry. But go okay. ahead. Okay, thank you very much, Barry. Uh, now moving on, Evan. Let's talk about the the Rangers starter. Their first game back uh, from the break. You really want to talk about this, Kevin? You're not interested in talking about the Rangers after the way they finished the first half, are you? Well, that was, that was pretty bad, Evan. Thanks for being around for that, by the way. I was out there at the, at the yard with Mike Heike, who kept asking me what was the, on the back of that guy's sweater. You know, <laughs> he was wanting to know when the next line change was going to be. I believe you were the one who referenced jumping off of the Titanic. I just happened to jump off earlier. Yes. Did, did, jumping yes, off you the did. Ju- Titanic. Oh, what, what year was that? 19 what? 12. 12. 12. Oh my yeah. God. Well, that's been kind of a pop cultural reference, though. That's still in the 90s. But at least the movie was made in the 90s. 90s. Yes, it was. Uh, You know, uh, anyway. Yeah, Martin Perez. Martin Perez starts on Friday. And it's another picture the Rangers are getting back from the DL. And it's another picture that I expect is going to take some time to really kind of find his stride. But I I think what you look for is that if this team can, again, you know, you're hoping to be in position to make a run for the final six weeks of the season. This team certainly wasn't going to run away with the American League West. It wasn't going to, to run away with, with, with the wild card race. You're just hoping that you can kind of stay in the picture long enough to where you get everybody healthy and everybody actually performing at, at an optimum level. Um, and if you can do that, for the, if the timing of when you do that is the six weeks that, that run to the end of the year, you're in pretty good shape. I, I think that the Rangers have a really tough task coming out of the break and going to Houston, which I know lost six in a row going into the break. But let's face it, the Astros are still five games better than the Rangers in the standings. Um, and then they go to L.A. on that road trip, where boy, I've not seen I've not seen one club trounce another club the way the Angels have trounced the Rangers for the last two years. It's I think it's an average of a four run differential per game. Uh, and then when they finally get home from that nine-game road trip, they're facing the Yankees and the Giants leading up to the deadline. So it's a tough task. And I don't think you look at this team as quote-unquote buyers or sellers. I think you look at this team as opportunists. And if there's an opportunity to sell somebody at higher value um, and continue to make yourself better, whether it's for this year or the future, you do it. Well, let me ask you this. Who are they going to sell? There's a, I, think, I can think of one player that, that – that that would have bring back a, a good return. How, oh, well, how, how I, many guys? How many? What, what are they selling? And I don't know. Who are you thinking that would have a good return? Gallardo? Yes, sir. 
And, and I'm not sure what exactly the return on Gallardo would be for a guy who profiles as a middle-of-the-rotation starter um, who is a rental. I'm not sure it would be a, a great return. So then, um, so then, then what do they have to sell? I would think well, Mitch, you know, Mitch Marlin I, I, has some value. Really? Would you, would you sell? I, I've done a 180 on him. Uh, could, could they actually afford to sell? Are you thinking that Gallo is a first baseman? Yeah, I, see, that's sure. my, my problem. You have to open up a position for Joey Gallo because he is not ready to play third base every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't think you can put him in the outfield either. He's just too big. Those big guys running into walls, uh, you know, making diving catches, that always makes well, me nervous. So if you can run Sun Choo Choo out there in the outfield the way you have <laughs> you for the last year and a half, you can run Joey Gallo out there. Well, l- um, listen, if, if how, Sun Choo gets hurt, you don't care. Uh, <laughs> you care if Joey Gallo gets how's, how's that worked out for them, having Sun Choo Choo out there? No, the, the, the contract looks worse and worse with each passing day. And and I know, you know, I, I watched the replay of the triple on, on Sunday, and I know how bad it must have looked live. Um, I don't think it's a case that this guy doesn't care. I think he's an overly cautious player on occasions, and I think he's he's confused about who he is anymore. Um, and he just made a terrible decision on Sunday by by assuming that that Odor was going to get that ball. Well, if we're, if we're gonna... um, but it just hasn't been a good signing for this club. And and I think that with each passing day, they're looking more and more to see what how much money they would take to get out from under the deal. If we're, if we're longer we're talking about terrible decisions, let's talk about the Rangers franchise four that they rolled out last night at the All-Star game. Adrian, I want to uh, – Kevin, who will defend this, of course. Adrian Belt- Beltre is, was a franchise four player. Juan Gonzalez was not. Defend that. Evan, Kevin, I, anybody. Uh, listen, I, you know, when we had this discussion last month, I had Juan in my franchise for um, the events leading up to the uh, up to the Hall of Fame, uh, the Rangers Hall of Fame induction. Remind me once again, and, and I know Juan has been dealing with the death of his mother about a month ago. Um, but I, I, I somebody made a, a statement to me last night when he was talking about the franchise four online that you know for him a lot of it comes down to what these guys did off the field and in, in kind of in their enduring legacy. And you look at most of the Rangers Final Four, Pudge was here. Look, he was the best player this club has ever developed. Um, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be the first player that this club developed who becomes a Hall of Famer. He, uh, he is still active here. He is still tied to the, to the community. Um, you look at Michael Young and you look at his continuing active role in the community. Nolan was active here for a long time after he retired. Um, and then you start getting into a group, you know, that there aren't guys who who so, kind of built that icon status as, as a guy who was a kind of a pillar of the community. The closest you come on that front, I think, is Rusty Greer. And as much as I love Rusty, he's not one of the four best players in, in the franchise. So you have to be, so you have to be a, a My Three Sons guy, a Walton's guy. You have to be Jordan Spieth. To, to, to be in, in the fran- – it's not a Final Four, by the way. The NCAA has, has just sent us a telegram. You, that's copyright infringement. Telegram? Of, uh, <laughs> it's, Did you get that by Morse code? Franchise, it's, it's infringement on a copyright. Don't mention the Final Four. It's the Franchise Four. And, Kevin, save me here. No, well, here, here's the thing. Uh, if you're going to talk about the difference between Juan Gonzalez and Adrian Beltre, Adrian Beltre is a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
You know, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Not a first ballot Hall of Maybe you're better. Uh, oh, Ke- the Kevin Sherrington ballot. Maybe. I, I think as be- much as I think he should be, as much as you know, I will check him off the first time he's on the ballot. I don't think he will have that support from these from these weirdos who say a guy has to be uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer or he's a third ballot Hall of Famer. Well, yeah, it- if he's a Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Famer, and the only thing that keeps him from being a first ballot Hall of Famer is if there are ten guys on the list who you feel were better. If you're not voting for the for the maximum 10, and you say, well, I'm not going to vote for him because he's not a first-ballot Hall of Famer, that's a baloney argument. But, but he, go, he, he goes into the Hall of Fame for not only what he's done with the Rangers, but what he's done with the Dodgers, what he's done with, in Seattle. That's all true, but I'm, I'm telling you, you remember when the Rangers signed him, it was not a big deal. It was when the Rangers signed it. There was not like, oh my gosh, you know, we've signed uh, Adrian Beltre and, and we've got a Hall of Fame third baseman. That was not the feeling at all. He, yeah, he, it was it was a it was a big deal, but it wasn't it it wasn't that hey, this is going to be a Hall of Famer. But that was five years ago, and it was a World Series appearance ago, and it was uh, you know I, I, sometimes familiarity breeds contempt, and sometimes it breeds affection, and. And people saw him. Uh, he is the kind of player I think you need to see play every day to really appreciate guys who play third base and who can play it well. And you see their hands. That doesn't show up in statistical profiles nearly as much as as, as OPS or home runs or, or war. Yeah. Tell us about and war. I'm not talking about war. We're not going. This is a very pe- this is a very peaceful group. And because of that, uh, Evan, we are going to let you enjoy the rest of your vacation on the beach. If you see Roy Scheider up in a, uh, a stand. Oh, another reference to a 1980s movie. Roy, I think those, those movies lasted into the 90s. 1970s? I think that Roy kept yeah. making those into the 90s. <laughs> There's only one everybody cares about, Jaws, <laughs> my friend. The po- I, I will say this. I hope not to see any sharks while I'm here, but much of the Rangers' front office appears to also be vacationing down here. Um, and so I expect that I will run into somebody and... I've already run into the fine folks who own Pecan Lodge in Dallas. So I expect the next time we guys we go to lunch, it's going to be at Pecan Lodge with with our friends from uh, from the from the restaurant on the house. It'll be on me probably. Thanks for the reference, Evan. Say good night. Good night.